you not see the, the majesticness of Lord Horsticles? That's all camera angles, man. Camera angles. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 45 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... The other co-host, Miguel Garza, Lord Horsticles, PhD. <laughs> I don't what that means. Uh, we're still working on that. All right. 45. 45. Staying alive. Sure enough. <laughs> Man, if you'd have told me three days ago <laughs> that we'd be on 45, I'd have called you a liar. Well, three days ago, you should have known we were on 45. <laughs> I can't help it if your math skills aren't up to par. Well, you know, I, well, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a horse, not a rabbit, sir. <laughs> Horses can count. You know, they do the little clip-clop thing with their foot. That's terrible. You, know? <laughs> you should be better at this. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we mentioned last week that we were going to have Joe Keating on the show. Yes. And we did. Sunday, yeah. we talked to him for a long time, had a great interview, and we're going to put that in the show in a little while. Mm-hmm. He's not actually here tonight recording with us because he had prior obligations, but... Couldn't make the flight? Well... <laughs> <laughs> just didn't have the time but we appreciate him coming on and talking to us and oh it yeah a, it was a lot of fun a great interview he's such a cool dude yeah i know and, he's uh, pretty damn funny just want to say thanks joe yeah appreciate it joe appreciate that wrestling talk we had too yeah and never mind the tangents <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk some comics man. Well, let's do some uh, let's do some comics let's talk some comics yeah <laughs> what were you top two this week hey number two comes in hard and strong we're getting divine number five baby number five so freaking good. It's my number one, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kieran Gillen's the writer. Jamie McKelvey's the artist. It's the story of Lucifer still. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's busted out of prison. She's tired of being told what to do, told to wait. So she just breaks herself out and goes on a little bit of a rampage. She's killing people. She's burning stuff down. Passion. She's just having fun. Yes. And, you know, she has a little rocker girl who's her kind of sidekick. Groupie, I think. Groupie, whatever yeah. you want to call her. So she comes to try to persuade lucifer to go back to jail to to try to set things aside because it's going to be really bad for her if she doesn't well the other gods are all pissed off that she's out there parading around so they send some of the stronger gods to fight her keep in mind she's not really parading around she's just walking around in her suit smoking a cigarette i mean i don't know how that's parading around <laughs> well because the whole world knows her because they're celebrities oh okay yeah. right. All, right. all right all right like a lord horsecles i get it yeah okay <laughs> so, so bail comes in and fights her and it's a pretty epic battle i mean they're in the streets hitting each other as hard as they can they're blowing up concrete it's just like something out of man of steel the movie i mean it's a, cra- <laughs> it's a crazy fight i mean there's explosions and you know they're hitting each other hard okay but lucifer is not falling down she's not going to submit to bail so her little sidekick her little groupie runs down into the subway to try to find morgan mm-hmm. to bring her up there to maybe communicate with lucifer and convince her to give up what she's doing oh yeah lucifer won't do it mm-hmm so what ends up happening is she is teleported to this house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's talking it out with some of them. And she's like, look, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm tired of living by these humans' rules. It's pointless. It's stupid. And then she gets her punishment. And it's pretty insane what yeah, her punishment it is. is. And even more insane is the twist at the very end of the book. That was uh, pretty cool. If you've not been reawakened and divine, you're really missing out. There's so many cool things that happen in the story. I know the premise sounds a little shaky, but it's way better than, than you could ever think it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I highly recommend picking it up. It's a good book. That's why I made my number two. What was your number one? Number one was a new book that came out today. Deathstroke number one. <laughs> and this will be a first time that a DC book is my number one. That's true. 
That's true. Deathstroke this time is being written by Tony S. Daniel and drawn by Sandu Floria. Awesome book. It didn't quite make my top three, but I really, really enjoyed it. He's Deathstroke at his best. Killing people left and right, making it look easy. He still took some beatings, though. Oh, he took some beatings from the other assassins, but, you know, from the regular people he was taking out, he was, he was a hitman, which is what he does. I like how you said that, from the other assassins. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, he, he gets in fights with other people that are at his level, but regular people have no chance against him, obviously. The artwork is phenomenal. Uh, this this new person is, is a great artist for this series. And there's a little twist at the end of this also, which was, like, really cool and a really new direction for the character. I've never read anything about Deathstroke. I mean, here and there, you know, little side. Like, he's a new Suicide Squad. So my familiarity with the character isn't up to par like someone else. But, oh, my God, I totally love it. I'm hooked. (laughs) It's on my list now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I really liked it, too. So if you feel like you have something new in D.C. to pick up, definitely go pick up Deathstroke because it was really, really good. So that was my number one. You told us Wicked and Divine was your number one. So what was your number two? Uh, My number two is Zero Number 11 from Alish Cott and Ricardo Lopez-Ortiz and Jordi Belair. You nasty mother. <laughs> you like day one, didn't you? <laughs> well. No, it's really good. It is really good. Um, Zero, when I read the first half of the series, the first five issues, I really fell in love with it immediately. It's a great spy story. Alish Cott is a fantastic storyteller when it comes to this type of story. And the second half of the art kind of slowed down a little bit. And focused on Zero getting out of the organization and, and basically taking out all the people that were above him that forced his life to become what it was. Mm-hmm. And then he got away from them and went on to do whatever he wanted to do in the world. So Zero number 11 takes up a year later where he's reunited with the girl that he grew up with that he loves. And they have a house and they have a life and they're trying to just live peacefully in the woods. And <laughs> I mean, people can't just leave him be. Yep. Assassins come to get him. And, you know, even though it's been a year and they're both out of the spy game now, he has absolutely not forgotten his uh, training. (laughs) True. And it it was just a really cool book. I'm a big fan of Alex Scott's writing, and I thought this was a great representation of what he can do in the spy stories. Yeah, it's a great book. Great book. I enjoyed it, too. Good pick. Yeah. What was your pick of the week, then? Pick of the week comes from a friend of the show, actually. Model Myth, number three. Seek Donnelly. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Seek! Uh, Seek Donnelly wrote it, obviously, and Eric Miltowski did the artwork. Again, the artwork in this is just absolutely amazing. He's such a cool artist. It's another devil book. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) It is is another story with the female Lucifer as the main character. But she's a good guy. She's a good guy. She's helping humanity fight against Michael and his army of demons. And basically, she teaches humanity how to be inspired by the one human who knows how to fight. Mm -hmm. Enoch. Enoch. He understands violence, and he's willing to share that with the rest of humanity because that's what they need in order to survive Mm -hmm. this fight with the demons. The fight was pretty nice. And the fight was was really good. It was was a good ending to the series. I mean, it was just a real short little three-issue miniseries, but it was expertly told. Seek did such a good job with it. When the trade comes out, you guys should definitely go check it out. I was, you know, it was good. It was a three-book series, but I think if he really wanted to, he probably could have made the sucker gone for a while. I mean, it would have been, I think he probably should have. I think he envisioned it as a three-issue series, though. I think that's what he wanted to do, was write it as a mini. Oh. See, I could have probably seen this going as an ongoing thing for a while, because it, it could have been, oh my God. But yeah, he did a good job. I enjoyed it, and that's why I made my book of the week. What about yours? Cool. My book of the week is actually a new book called Goners Number 1. Uh, this one's written by J- Jacob Seaman and drawn by George Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't make names up. <laughs> hey, this book was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's about this family called the Latimers who have existed for centuries and centuries. And they're the uh, 
gatekeepers for humanity. They, <laughs> fi- they fight against the paranormal. I'm the key master. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself tonight. Yeah, they're, they're Rick Marinas. <laughs> no, but they're they're fighting against you know the demons and the ghosts and the poltergeists and the crazy stuff that lurks in the shadows. And this family for generations has been doing that. Well, then on this one fateful night when there's the two young children, Latimers, the, the daughter and the son, everything goes wrong for them. The, the demons actually manage to overpower their parents mm-hmm. and kill them and leaves the kids with all this responsibility and no training. So going forward, I think the series is going to be extremely interesting. Training is nothing. Will is everything. <laughs> the artwork was really unique style, and I liked it a lot. Uh, the storytelling was expertly done. I had a great pace to it, and I, I just I really recommend it. It was a great story. The detective came to help, man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the last panel, what the demons are doing with the cop, that was, I was like, what the hell? Yeah, there's some cool stuff in there, too. Like this demon shows his hand in the cop's back and is working him like a puppet. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a great book. I thought it was good. That's a good pick. It's a fun book to me. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. So, highly recommend picking that up. Man, new books. Check it out. <laughs> if you enjoy the show and you want to listen to us on some quality headphones. Yeah, because we want to get paid. You can go to our sponsor, tweakedaudio.com, and use promo code COMICAL. To get a third off the cost of your order, plus free shipping anywhere worldwide. They have seven different styles of headphones in seven different colors. The sound quality is superb. They come in a flat cable design that prevents tangling, and they have a noise-canceling function, so there's absolutely no reason not to buy some. I've been trying to get these things tangled since the first time we got them. I haven't been successful at all. But you know what? You mentioned the seven different kinds, but you also didn't mention they have a style that's similar to Beats. They have the big head ones, the big headphone style. That which counts you, as one of the styles. Oh, was it? I thought there's like seven different types of headphones. I, who knows, man? I, I, <laughs> I'm just telling you, I know these things are out there, and they're really cool, and I think you noticed that they were Bluetooth, too, as well, so yeah, they're wireless. wireless. So am I kidding? Like, oh, I want some of those now. <laughs> so, yeah. What's that promo code again? Comical. I'm going to use it. Third off the cost of the order, plus free shipping anywhere worldwide. And we get paid. A little bit. <laughs> also, if you just want to support the show directly, you can do that through our PayPal. Uh, just send it directly to comicalpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, send me some money. <laughs> so anyways, without further ado. A who? Without further ado. Say what? <laughs> Speak English. That, that is English. It is? Yes. That was French. So anyways, <laughs> don't want to keep you guys waiting. Here is the interview with Mr. Joe Keating. Bring it on down, Joe. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. We're big fans of your work. Um, I'm a huge fan of Shudder. It's actually made it into my top three books several times since it came out. Hey, that's all right. That's yes. good news. <laughs> Throw me out like I don't keep it up in there. I love the book, too. <laughs> oh, awesome. This is a good, I'm glad I'm on this podcast. <laughs> it worked out well. We're also uh, big fans of Tech Jacket. Uh, we oh, thank you very much. Reading that, I never actually read uh, Kirkman's original series, but I started with yours. That was my introduction to that universe. And I oh, that's really awesome. Enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to write. Actually, I was a fan of yours uh, from back when Hell Yeah was coming out. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally like that book. It was so cool. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Yeah, Hell Yeah. I absolutely love that book. Uh, it was my introduction to you and, and your crazy kind of writing and, and some of the interesting <laughs> things you have in there. And Shudder yeah. has continued that. I absolutely love Shudder. Tech Jack oh. a little more formulaic, I guess, but it's yeah. it's really good. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I am playing with somebody. I mean, I got dumbest, worst cliche you can ever use, playing with someone else's toys. But, I mean, essentially it's true. You know what I mean? Like Kirkman, uh, Skybound in general gives you a ton of freedom and they're awesome to work with. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still their their thing. Whereas Shudder, it's like it's just me and Layla. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know, fucking, I want to have a lion mobster with a giant Rob Liefeld gun or whatever. You know, it's like, <laughs> all right, well... <laughs> 
<laughs> as long as I can figure out a story to make that work, so it's not totally random, then I can do that. So yeah, it's got to be nice having that kind of freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that's, that's Image Comics, man. I, I'm drinking that Kool Aid, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the best. <laughs> Well, one of the things we like to talk about with our guests is what comics they read. So what uh, what current books are you reading right now? I think my go-to whenever someone's like, what's your favorite comic coming out right now? is probably Hellboy in Hell. Okay. Uh, I like that a lot, um, mostly because I've been reading Hellboy for, what, like 20 years, and it's totally not like anything else I've read before in that book. And I and I and and that's the kind of comics I've always kind of dug the most, but really even more so now. I like stuff that I have not seen before. It's not like, this is my take on Batman or whatever. I don't mean in a Batman book. I just mean like a supposedly original book that it's like, oh, it's my version of this or whatever. Da, 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 da. You know, and no one, even though Mike Manola has had a, a lot of awesome collaborators, especially like Duncan Fregretto and Richard Corbin, like Hellboy in Hell is a book that only he could do. And that's the kind of stuff I get most into. But, I mean, you know, it goes all over. Like, I read um, No Brow put out a book by Roman Muradov called uh, Innocence Lost and Found. That really blew me away. Uh, I read uh, Feral Dalrymple's Wrenchies, which I just, I think it's book of the year. Like, it's astonishing. It uh, really, like, gripped me. And it was, like, the first book I read in a long time where I had to email Feral right away and be like, I need a page from this book. Like, I need to get a page from you because I have to, I have to own this specific page. Because it, it hit me so hard. Let's see what else? Uh, I read a lot of image stuff. I just read Birthright and liked that a lot. Fatal. I'm really excited that Casanova's going to be back. I'm really excited for Bitch Planet. <laughs> um, I, I just like, I think, you know, when you have a medium like comics where you can do anything, those are the comics that I gravitate towards, the ones that are like this. This wouldn't exist without these two collaborators or one person or whatever working together to make this thing. Like, that's what gets me excited. That's what gets me going. So I, I do read a lot of that stuff. I haven't really read a lot of DC stuff in a long time. I think the only Marvel book I read on a regular basis is Hawkeye. But I'm really excited for this Spider-Gwen book. Oh, yeah. Let's yes. do <laughs> Because I read that one shot, and I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> All right. I'll take more of that. Yeah. So, you know. But, yeah. And it's not like, ooh, superheroes. I just, I, I'm fine with it. I just, I've been gravitating towards more. Now we, I don't know. Just we, whatever. Basically, I mean, we have, we have similar sensibilities. I think that our pull list is primarily independent books. I mean, we read a lot of Marvel still because there's so many interesting things going on over there right now, but yeah. DC's really kind of gone by the wayside for both of us as well. Yeah. Well, I'm just, there's so much to keep up on. Like, I just, I really loved Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder's Quarter Owls thing they did with Batman. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, well, I just, because of time, I was just like, I just can't keep up. And then, so then I went back to read it with this end game thing. And I was like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, you know? And it's just like, it's too, it's too much. It's just this tome. I can't read that many books, you know? So that's the other thing. It's just more convenient when I'm like, when I'm reading fade out, but uh, Sean Phillips and Brubaker, it's like, that's all I need to read. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like a bunch of other tie-ins or whatever. It's much easier. Yeah. That's definitely the big selling point for indie books is that they don't require you to read other series to understand what's going yeah. on. But I don't know. I just, I think it's where the most interesting stuff is coming. I mean, Saga is obviously reading that. Um, Walking Dead thing is really interesting right now because it's like the zombie thing is like an afterthought at this point. It's almost like it's like a human survivalist book, which is really interesting. Have you read uh, God Hates Astronauts? I love God Hates Astronauts. <laughs> yeah. I just, again, it's like a, a great example. I'm really glad you brought that book up because like God Hates Astronauts is not a book that could, that could ever be created with a committee being like, what should we do? What's hot now or whatever, you know? Ryan Brown is fucking nuts and he <laughs> this comic that can only exist because he created it, you know? 
And that's that's the thing that I get really excited about. Yeah, his world is is similar to yours. I mean, not yeah. you know, parallel, but there's a lot of uh, creativity and a lot of uh, interesting ideas that show up in both worlds. Well, I would say that you know that the similarities come in that it's no one other than Layla and me could do Shutter. Like it when, when I, I created Shutter before I met Layla, and it uh, it was pretty different in that it was much more grounded. And I met her, and I was looking at her art. I was like, why would I limit you to what exists in the real world? I was like, well, she just make it crazy. So, I was, And she was like, all right. Like, what do you mean by that? I was like, I don't know. There'll be like 30% crazy shit. And then I turned in the first script, and I was like, I lied. <laughs> 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 There's minotaurs on the subway <laughs> and whatever. But it, it actually helped make it a much better book. I don't know. So anyway, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm reading. Uh, yeah, Book of the Year is Wrenchies, without a doubt. I think first, second put it out. Although, uh, my girlfriend just bought me a copy of uh, This One Summer by Jillian Tamaki. It looks amazing. So, Farrell's got the competition. I haven't read it yet, but it looks, it looks awesome. Cool. So, how did you and uh, Layla meet? That was, uh, God, I'm so bad with dates. New York Comic Con 2012. I was tabling with Andre from Hell Yeah, Ken Garing, who we're still eventually doing a book together called Intergalactic, and Andre, wait, oh no, Ross Campbell from Glory. And uh, Ross knew Amy Reader, and Amy Reader knew Layla. And Layla would come to the table, and she like, you know, she was friends with Ross. She's like, can I hang out? And I was like, sure, you know, whatever. And uh, we all hung out, had a really good time. So then she showed me her stuff. She was like, oh, you never think you'd want to work together? Because I really like, uh, I think she's like Glory, or I don't even know if she even read any of my stuff at that point. And I looked at it. I was like, oh man, you're you're really good. Like, yeah, let's let's, let's talk about it. And then and I was like, don't talk to any other writers at the show. <laughs> Um, as someone who's famous could help your career much more than me, we'll talk to you and that'll be it. But apparently not. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we just got along really well. And then uh, a few months later, we were just kicking around what to do. She sent me this story called The Traveler that was like this supernatural story and it was like took place in Europe and there was like this gypsy camp and all that stuff. And I was like, oh man, she could do like international stuff really well, but she integrates the supernatural stuff in a way that it doesn't take away from the you believing the setting of it being this uh, you know actual uh, gypsy camp or whatever. So I was like, oh man, I I had this pitch called Shutter. Here I sent her the pitch. I was like, what do you think? She's like, oh, this sounds. I would love to write this. And I thought of her because it was two things. One was I've never been myself to a gypsy camp, but like I could be like, oh, this this is what this is believable to me. And then actually three things, I guess. And then the uh, in reverse order and then the supernatural stuff integrated into this reality and not seeming weird and then the biggest part was despite you know this, this and this really fascinating setting and the supernatural stuff the thing that made the story work for me was how she maintained an emotional core with the characters and um, like you always run and like even if there's no dialogue you would like have an idea of what's going on with these people just uh, based off their acting does that make sense yeah and so I was like, oh, well, damn it, like, please draw the shutter. And then that became that. And that's when I was like, wanting to make it so much crazier than I originally thought. Because I knew she could draw a double page spread with these anthropomorphic flying characters and pinstripe suits with giant guns and hover cars. And like, you still care about Kate and you know what Kate's going through. Oh, yeah. And I think that's an extremely rare skill. And then so she liked the idea of shutter. And then I, a couple months more. And I think we're just on about a year working together, maybe a little bit more than that. Yeah, so that that's how we met, and we've been you know working together for a while. And it's been awesome. We just well, in terms of publication, number six just came out, and where she's 
was a great issue too. Nine. Oh, thanks, man. That was a lot of fun. I really like. Uh, I like being at the point we're at now. You know, I like. I can't wait for issue seven. Like that that last page with the dragon. <laughs> yeah, seven's an issue. <laughs> it's hard to talk about, and also like I forget. I'm really bad talking, doing interviews by myself with without her about Shuttered, only because I forget what's out and what we're working on. Mm-hmm. And like I'll be like, oh yeah, like we're doing this other interview. And I was like, oh yeah, and then this happened. She's like, that's not out for like two more months. <laughs> and I was like, oh shoot, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> spoiler alerts for three months from now. Um, yeah. So whatever. Shutter. It's cool. I was going somewhere, but, but mostly Shutter is cool, and I like writing it. And that's how I met Layla. Awesome. The end. <laughs> that. Yeah, she's really amazing, and the book is really great. It really is. The dragon's like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, you got freaking ninjas and all this other crazy stuff. It's a great book. We really do enjoy it. And I'm curious, is anyone, I mean, you've been around in the industry for a while now. You've mm-hmm. worked here, you've done this, you've done that. Mm-hmm. Anyone else you really want to work with you haven't had a chance to work with yet? Yeah, well, I've got a bunch more stuff coming out that is like in different stages of, I don't know what you call it, development or whatever, not being announced stuff. You know, and so I'm already working on with some people who, you know, if you asked me a year ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, you know, that person. But I don't want to announce stuff till we get a bunch of the can. But I, I am focusing primarily on doing creator own stuff. I think if, once I did Shudder, I kind of just got the bug really bad because the, it's just such a different way of working. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had a great time at Marvel and a decent time at DC. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, and that image, I mean, that just, just changed my life. Like, there's just no, there's just no two ways about it. And I just want more of that. Like, that <laughs> seems more fun. And, you know, everything I have coming out through them is totally different from Shudder. Hmm. And then I got some other stuff uh, kicking around. But anyway, the point is, so I've got some stuff that is like, oh, who's the person you always want to work with? Gosh, I mean, I don't know. There's so many people in comics right now. I'd like to work with Ross Campbell again. We've talked about doing that. I don't like repeating oneself too much, but Ross was 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 pretty awesome on Glory. I mean, like like Magnola, but I mean, he's that's not gonna happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be realistic. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a ton of people, and of course, like now that I'm sitting here in my office and not home, but my comics are all around me. I'm totally blanking on who that would be, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, it could Travis Charest. I mean, I don't know, like. The ghost of Hugo Pratt. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Those are all yeah, acceptable I'll, answers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when I did that Superman thing, that was that was awesome. That's probably the best experience I've had anywhere besides Image. And John Bogdanov did the cover, and it was so good. I was just like, oh man, that guy still got it. So I would love, I would love to do like a longer form thing with him. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who I look at and I'm just like, where is that? What has that guy been since like '89 or whatever? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, just no one's asking. And I think it's a damn shame, you know, that I'm just like, well, you just that person is still amazing or whatever. And it's more of a general answer, I guess. But there's a lot of older guys who get passed up for whatever reason, and it's it's, just, it's so ridiculous because they're they're still kicking ass, you know, and they're doing commissions at a you know 20 shows a year or whatever. We have a few friends of the show that are like that. Uh, yeah, been around for well, years and years touring the convention scene, but they never yeah. picked up to do books anymore. Yeah, it's a shame. You know, I was looking at like someone posted this Mike Zek piece, and I was like, "Damn, when was that from?" And he was, it was like this year. I was like, 
the hell is Mike Zeck up to? And there's like Iron Man coloring books. And I was like, I'll do a book with Mike Zeck right now. Are you kidding? Holy shit, you know? So yeah, I think that's definitely something I want to do. I don't know. It's it's a really interesting time in comics because all the comics that we're doing over it, and like my friend Brandon put it really well. He he said that all the books that happen to Image are books that we would talk about at like bars a, like three or four years ago and be like, oh, hey, would it be cool if you could do a comic where you know, there's two people who have the power that whenever they have sex, they stop time and then they like, rob a bank and they'd be like, ha ha ha. Yeah, but no one would ever publish that. You know what I mean? But now, like, Sex Criminals is a yeah, huge book. Say that. <laughs> sex Criminals. <laughs> you know, or like Shudder. I don't that That book is insane. Like, I, 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 you know, Image published a comic where this robot cat is making cookies on the inside front cover, you know? <laughs> um,. And so I, I really hope what, what I'm going to get in that is the, the market has really opened up to the, you know, freedom to do what you want. The, those guys aren't relying on some editor who doesn't work at Marvel anymore to give them a call. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think John Bogg, if he did a book right now, he could do really well. He's amazing. Definitely. So anyway, yes, I agree with you. Those guys should be doing books. It's a shame they're not. And I, I, so, so anyway, yeah, that's my answer, I guess. Because I, I have been more cognitive of like reading older comics and just being like, there's so many astonishing talents that are just looked over because, I don't know, whatever. They're some aging. dumb bullshit. Yeah, stupid reasons. So those guys, and I don't want to say specifically who beyond John Bogg, but there's a number of them I think of where I'm like, ah, it's a guy I want to work with. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like Justin said, there, we meet so many people at the cons, and we've had so many guests on, and we read, read so many, how many books do we read? We're anywhere from 20 to 35 books a week. Yeah, and so we see the writer. I mean, we can see the writing, the story, how it goes, and we see the drawing. And there's so many of you that are, like, really, really outstanding and super amazing. And like you said earlier, it boggles the mind that some of these guys aren't working anymore. Well, I think one thing that's really changed the way I approach my career over the last couple of years is, you know, you look at the global economy and what's working and what's not are essentially, I mean, I hope this isn't coming as condescending, but the people who... Like if I waited by my phone for work, I would be unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, especially you have to be after, proactive. Yeah, especially after doing Shutter, really, you know, got a fire at my under my ass to be like to make a bunch of other shit happen. You know what I mean? Make you make it happen for yourself. You know, uh, and I think that that that's very different from what the mentality was economically. You know, inside or outside of comics, ten, twenty, thirty years ago. You know, so I think it's a kind of a hard thing to break. Yeah, you know. See that. I don't want to be a cook at a nice restaurant. I want to own my own restaurant. You know what I mean? Yeah. And thankfully, and I knock on wood, the economics of, of the image allow me and my collaborators to do just that, you know? But I think it's a very different mentality. I mean, I, I think of a lot of guys who came up in comics who were working in the 70s, 80s, even 90s are like, what? How does the image work? Like, they sign you a book? Like, I've, I've been told that by some of the older guys. Like, no, no, no. Like, you just do it on your own. <laughs> and if they like it, they will publish it. So let me give you another question uh, about Tech Jacket. Sure, sure. Did you seek out Kirkman or did he seek out you? I've known Robert for a really long time, 10 years this year, I think, if not a little bit longer. So he and I have known each other for a long time. And then when I went freelance, I remember I asked him offhand, like totally not as, like, I want to write this, but this is like a dude who wants to read it. I was like, did you ever, what do you think you bring back Tech Jacket? And he was like, no, nah, man, I don't know. And then I don't remember exactly what he said, but something like that. And I was like, all right. And then... It came up a couple times, and eventually he just emailed me. He was like, well, why don't you write Tech Jacket? I was like, all right. And so I gave him a pitch, and then we worked on it together. And eventually he was like, well, what would you think about working with Kari Randolph? And I was like, holy shit, yeah. Like, 
there's a guy I want to work with again. And I, I really want to work with him. This. I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing, you know? And, uh, you know, so yeah, so, that, it, so it's, it's, it's much more organic than just like, oh, you know, I, I, I sent Skype on a blind pitch and they're like, this is great, you know? It was more of like a natural evolution of Robert reading the stuff I was doing on my own. Specifically, I think Glory was probably the one that he was like, this guy should write Tech Jacket, you know? Because yeah. that was a case of taking up, you know, a character who's been around for a long time and doing something kind of true to the character, but still new and still progressive and more with the times. And da, 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 da. Although Tech Jacket was not nearly as long ago as Glory was. So, you know, not, not super different. But anyway, yeah, so that, that's kind of how it came together. It's just a combination of knowing him and him liking their work. I mean, I don't know. Those people feel like there's no real science to it. Put out comics on your own, in which my case was hell yeah. And then people were like, oh, and Rob Liefeld was like, ah, <laughs> why don't you write Glory? And I was like, all right, which is not, I mean, that's really a simple, simple version of it. It was actually Eric Stevens hit me up for a pitch, and I sent him a pitch, and da, 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 da. And then through Glory, I mean, the Glory got me everything. Marvel and DC came calling after that. And then I worked with both of them for a while. And then I put together Shudder. Yeah, the combination of Glory and Shudder, Robert saw the early Shudders, which he was like, I was like, all right, let's do Tech Jacket. The Shudder, I mean, we've been doing since last year, even though it's only started coming out in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Robert's probably one of the first people who's even seen Shudder. And so that's how it comes together. You know, he's put out work, and hopefully people like it enough to, to give you money to do other work. So what is your writing process like? I mean, you have all these friends. Do you bounce a lot of ideas off of them, or do you come up with the ideas yourself and then kind of let them see, you know, a preliminary final product? No, quite the opposite, actually. I, um, I'm pretty insular, uh, except for my collaborators. So I actually, you know, for the longest time, I kind of floundered because I was just like, oh, I'll just wing it. And, and essentially everyone's winging it. But I really have developed a routine of, of, of writing over the, over the years, you know, where I get up early, at least early for me, and uh, I just write anything. Um, and it couldn't be stuff I'm working on, stuff I'm on a deadline on, or it could be just be like stream of consciousness. But like I, just, I wake up, sometimes I eat, and then I just, I just write, just write, write, write. And then, and then that goes on till the early morning. And then I have, uh, I do have a workspace that I work at. I share with a couple people, including actually Robbie Rodriguez from uh, Spider Gwen. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, and I work there, but even though it's, it's 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 all in my, it, I kind of keep it to myself. And then I work, you know, throughout the day. So you know, I'm around people, but I'm was just my point. But I'm not a, uh, I don't really bounce ideas off of them, um, except for my collaborators. So usually how that will work was I, I'll like again Shutter. I had it already planned out before I met Layla. Mm-hmm. And I met Layla, we talked about it, and it became different in terms of approach because we made it much more fantastical, which I think helped out a lot. Um, and, but I still had, I developed this like longer outline for what it would be. And I still talked about it with her. But we, we've even gotten to the point where she's like, like, well, like I'll bounce loose ideas off of. Like if I'm, like we'll, we're doing this really weird thing in shutter number eight. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, what do you think if we do it like this? And I don't want to say what it is. I'd rather people to see it. But the beginning of the show number eight has like this flashback stuff. Like, you know, I want to approach it a little bit differently. You know, every issue we try to do something different. And I was like, all right, well, what? And she was like, all right, that's cool. And then I wrote it. And then after I wrote it, we talk about it, you know? So I guess that's more the way it goes about it. Like it's the discussion. It's an ongoing thing. You know, it's not like, Here's a script, draw it, because that's boring. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> so it's really just between me and my collaborators. I've found the more you talk about the stuff you want to write, the less you write it and the less pure it comes out to be a little hoity-toity. If you keep talking about the things you want to write, you don't really write. And if you do write it, it's just, like, distilled yes. down to, like, or, or diluted, series is the word of not distilled, the diluted from what your original intent was. So I actually have learned, I mean, I used to talk about stuff all the time, and I'm bouncing these up people, and I was like, just write it. 
shit or get off the pot, you know? You know, and then usually, like, there is a group of people, like, once something, once it's done, like, once it's, you know, lettered and colored and whatever, then I do set it out to a group of friends and sometimes I get feedback, but I don't really change much at that point. I really feel like you've got to do the vision of what you and your collaborators want to do and don't worry too much about writing for anybody else. My audience on Shudder is Layla. My audience on Take Jagged is Kari. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, as long as Kari's entertained, I'm fine. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, as long as he's in, he's just like, you know, I want to do a Saturday morning cartoon for grown-ups. And I was like, all right, so that's kind of what we do. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. So, no, I don't, really, I don't really talk about stuff anymore. Just because, again, yeah, I found it really, it does negatively affect the work when you talk about the work instead of write the work, you know. It's one of the reasons why I don't know that how well I, I did working with the people's characters at the, on the corporate level because there's so much talking about beforehand. I just feel like it's kind of boring. It's like now, now it's like homework, you know? <laughs> One other thing I wanted to ask you about was, uh, oh, yeah, because it, it did start, sort of stop abruptly. Yeah. And I was just wondering what happened with that. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's still the same answer as it ever was. But, you know, some real-life stuff happened that was more uh, important for Andre to take care of than the book. And I, and I don't know, I feel weird bringing someone else on to do it because that that book especially was very much both of our thing and you know i don't really know what the solution is because the real life stuff takes precedent over yeah. you know it's his own personal business and stuff too yeah and there's just like there was like a you know i mean there's all sorts of stuff we, I, we could get into but i'd rather not about timing and just stuff not working out now unfortunately i, I don't know i mean I've seen most of Seven, but I, I don't want to put out what I have of Seven. And then who knows? Because I really just wanted to get to 10, and then that would probably be the end of it. Um, but, I mean, I just don't know. Like, this is the unfortunate answer I don't have. So, you know, it was nice in the case of, of Shudder, where we got a ton of stuff done ahead of time. Same with Tech Jacket, actually. And that's kind of an approach to the stuff I have that I'm working on for next year. We'll have a ton in the can. So It's good. You know, yeah, with with... with Hell yeah! Unfortunately, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen there. But there is um, still a chance that it could come back. And put it out. I mean, I don't want to tell people. I don't. I don't know. Like, I really. Who, who knows? I. I would hope so. You know, it's 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 kind of out of my hands, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. But you know, Andre is a great guy, and uh, we talk about it. But until the the real life stuff is in a better situation, I don't really. I don't foresee it happening. Well, that's pretty awesome of you being extremely loyal to your friend, the person working with you on that book. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's really awesome. You've got to back your collaborators up, man. I hear like, extremely admirable. We're all about honor and stuff here. It doesn't yeah. have to back if anything happens to me. We've had some issues myself here and we've moved the show around to do it on certain days. So oh, that's awesome. I can respect that. That's mad props to you, man. Mad props. Oh. Well, thanks. <laughs> now my, my listeners say, quit sucking up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you are good at it. Well, hey, hey, hey. Both of you people put out amazing products. We love reading it. We dish out five bucks <laughs> sometimes and four bucks. We don't care. I mean, we like what they do and it's what we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, Joe, I mentioned before that uh, we do a segment called Tell Me a Funny Story where we ask our guests to tell us a funny story about something that's happened in their past. Uh, do you have one ready for us? Yeah, what the hell? Um, what would it ask? Yeah, I guess this is, I don't know how much of a funny story, a funny situation. I, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, which can get really weird just because, like, you know, when tourists come to Los Angeles, they think, oh, I'm going to see these movie stars and stuff. And I, and I guess to an extent that's true, but it's never that glamorous, right? Uh -huh. Like, I remember one time I saw 
this is not the story part. This is the this is the preamble. But like you would see like uh, the guy who played Steve Urkel eating ice cream at Ralph's, you know, the grocery <laughs> store. You know, it's never that great. But my first, but the most surreal one when I was a kid, my mom would go like she would wait in the car and she made me go go get my sister from whatever friend's house it was at. So I remember. So this is like late eighties, I guess. Uh-huh. And she uh, had you know same routine as it always is. We pull up to this house. I get out of the car. You know, this whatever, eight-year-old kid or seven-year-old kid, I don't even remember. But uh dude answers the door, and I'm expecting the same shit as it ever is with some dude's dad or whatever. But I get the, the guy answers the door, and it's Chuck Woolery from The Love Connection. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, uh, I'm here for my sister. <laughs> and he's like, all right, you want to come in? They're they're outside here, like, I know they're swimming or something like that. I was like, all right, I guess Chuck Woolery from The Love Connection. Like, I even, like, my thing is I don't know how... I even knew what Love Connection was or why I was watching Love Connection because I'm like seven. I'm like, I don't know what dating is. I'm, you know, whatever. Girls have cooties or something. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but I was enamored with watching Love Connection. So anyway, invites me in, sits me down, and he's eating spinach. And it's like the, I remember it was like this massive plate of spinach. And granted, I was a kid. And my memory's not that great, so maybe it's exaggerated over the years. Well, I remember Chuck Woolery eating this massive plate of spinach. And he looks at me and he's like, do you eat? <laughs> and I was like, I had McDonald's. And he's like, That's <laughs> Sit here. And so he sits me across from him and gives me a massive plate of spinach. <laughs> and for like a good like 15 minutes, I just slowly ate this thing. And it was one of those first moments in my life where I was like, reality is messed up. <laughs> Because, like, you know what I mean? Or reality is not exactly what you think, like, art. It's so much... Because it was too surreal. It was like this guy who existed in the television essentially forcing me to eat this giant plate of spinach in silence for 15 minutes. And then my sister finally came and, 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 I, and I left. But I think that was the first moment where I realized how absurd reality is and that whole idea. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I think that night really informed my work a lot, even though it's like the dullest, fucking stupidest thing. But because it was like, you're the guy who existed in my TV, and now you are concerned about my health. Like, that was, that was, that was a really, that was a weird one. That was the first weird, like, yeah, reality. This is, what a fantastic planet we live on. Could happen, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Chuck Woolery, huh? Well, you know, we met Lou Ferrigno the other day. I was kind of freaked out. Oh, really? <laughs> Can I move Was, was it at a con or just at your house? <laughs> we, no, we, no. we interviewed him at a con back in May, and we mm-hmm. took our whole set up there, and we had a, a room set up on the side where we were doing interviews. Mm-hmm. The microphone was not pointed at his face, and he said, oh, can I move this? And we said, yeah, and he just broke the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was pretty much scared the rest of the interview. <laughs> oh, man, what con was that? Uh, it was uh, Comic Palooza in Houston. Oh, okay. How many cons do you guys go to? Uh, well, this year we've been to five. Wow. Okay. Which which ones? None of the big ones. We haven't traveled yet because this is really our first year doing the show. Congratulations. Okay. But next year we'll be at New York Comic Con for sure. Oh, nice. Hopefully hitting a few other ones. So we, we haven't planned out everything, but New York for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to kind of change. I think I've kind of gotten the routine of which shows I go to every year, so I'm always on the, on the lookout for other stuff to, to hit up or check out. Comic Palooza in Houston is a lot of fun, and it's getting bigger every year. You might want to consider looking into that one. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, because uh, Greg Pula was there. He, oh, nice. We got to talk to him, and he was freaking hilarious. Oh, yeah. He was really funny. I mean, I thought we were funny, and he just... Just blew us away, like, wow. <laughs> Comic book guys were there, you know, Mike and Ming, you know, 
Booker T, if you're into wrestlers, they were wrestlers. Nice. Yes, I am into wrestlers. That's awesome. I was a huge wrestling guy. Yeah, huge wrestling dude. Hey, can I ask you a, a tangent? Sure. Because I, th- I was thinking about this right before we got on. Is there any update on CM Punk? Is he just done? He's just done. Wow. Just called it quits. That's I crazy. I thought he was just doing his uh, his whole spiel again, but no, he just called it quits. Man, he was my favorite guy. Damn, that's that's a, that's pity. I kind of I kind of fell out of wrestling this last year. I went to WrestleMania. This is really a huge dumb tangent, but I went to WrestleMania last year. And it was so overwhelming that I was like, I need to take a break. <laughs> and then I, he just up and disappeared shortly after. So I was like, oh, shit. Well, I'll get back when he's back. And then I guess he's just done. You know? Yeah, so right now he's done. There hasn't been anything else. I'm, you know, reading the updates and the posts, see if he's coming back. Nothing's been said. You know what? Good for him, man. You see so many of these guys who do it until they're just destroyed. Yeah. You know? I mean, granted, he was super young, but... um. I mean, like Edge, you know. Oh yeah. It was like if he kept wrestling, he just would have <laughs> his body would have fallen apart. And it's not funny. It's just so tragic. You're just like Jesus, you know. You just people destroy themselves. There was something with his back. I think if he had continued on, he'd have been paralyzed. With with Edge, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was exactly it. Like if he just kept wrestling, he would have just basically not been able to work. You know, the messed up uh, part is the rumor is that Hogan is attempting to come back for one more match, supposedly against. I mean, the rumor is supposedly against John Cena. Oh my God. You know, I, one of the other things I've, I've really gotten into, like, kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff, even more than the, the actual in-ring stuff, you know? Like, I was reading this book by the, oh, God, what's the, by the writer from Grantland called um, Squared Circle. It's such a great book, but it's it's just tra- it's just tragic, and the stuff that happens behind the scenes is so much more, like, dramatic and violent and thrilling and just, like... I don't know. It, that stuff has almost become more interesting to me. Um, I was afraid to mention it, but there was an there was a story between there was an altercation between him and Batista for real. In a lot oh shit! Of, and I guess Booker T had taken uh, offense to Batista's lack of wanting to do the job right. And I, think, I think they got into fisticuffs. Yeah. Now my kids are big into wrestling. I've been watching wrestling since Paul Bosch was doing it here in Houston. Nice. Watching with my grandfather as a kid. My grandfather rocked because I got to see Benny Hill before wrestling. So nice. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Had a cool grandfather. And, yeah. and uh, so now my kids watch it now. They're big. He was a big CM Punk guy. He has a CM Punk uh, action figure. Mm. Cena. He likes a lot of the bad guys, too. Uh, the Shield, you know, Roman Reigns, the new guys coming up. Because they're trying to develop new people. Because everybody's, you know, having to stop. Triple H right. doesn't really do much anymore, either. But, oh, Rey Mysterio. They're in a big, big thing with Rey Mysterio. He's probably not coming back. Wow. They fired Alberto Del Rio. And that's what Mysterio's going to go. What if uh, Daryl Rio? Sorry to totally sabotage your podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, he went to AAA. Was it Allied Alliance or whatever? It was Mexican wrestling. There was supposedly, they, I don't even know the full story because you can't find anything on it, but apparently it had something to do with race. And oh, Rio was upset with how Hispanics, I guess, were being used and how he was being used and whatnot. And it developed into some kind of race thing. And he wanted, wanted to walk away, and they got into the argument, they let him go. Wow. And Rey Mysterio has a problem. He's been injured, and they've been pissed with him because he's been injured so much. And then he did a promo where he was going to show up on AAA as well. And so they got pretty pissed about that. So that's that whole battle thing going there. And you know, the Sin Cara that's there now is not even the real Sin Cara. That guy went back to, to Mexico. Right, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of I follow those things, too. And you know, uh, Stone Cold does a podcast. Yeah, I've heard about it. I haven't listened to it yet, but I heard it was really good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, we listen. Is it totally kayfabe, or what is it? Is it totally? At times, I can't even tell. <laughs> 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 to be 
honest with you. I really don't know anymore. Hey, sometimes they're like, man, that's pretty good acting. I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait hang on. No, no, no. He's doing something. He's this, he's leaving for a movie because you know they did. Uh, I think it was Dean Ambrose where they smashed his head onto the concrete mm-hmm. and uh, they like supposedly gave him a concussion. Uh, Seth Rollins did it to him. It's like, oh man, he's out. And I'm thinking to myself, no, he must be really hurt because you know they do all that crap when you're really hurt and they gotta have surgery or whatnot. So when Loki was supposed to do a movie, but then Roman Reigns got legitimately hurt, and so they had to bring him back. <laughs> so it's like, oh, he's back. <laughs> so you know, sometimes you don't even know if they're like, hey, what the hell's going on? Is this is this not what? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> I watched wrestling a little bit when I was a kid, but I never really got the passion for it that, that you have. There seems to be a lot of crossover with comics and wrestling too. Like, there's a lot of creators. Yeah, you'll be like, you'll be at a con, they'll like make some reference to CM Punk or whatever. You'll be like, wait, you like wrestling? What's going on? <laughs> I, saw, I saw a post. Uh, a lot of the Austin people, Nick Batara and uh, Fabian Wrangel, and some of those guys, they're all dressing up as different wrestlers and going around bar hopping on Halloween night. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, Kyle Galuza brings them in too. Kevin Nash was there. Oh, really? Uh, Lita was there. Uh, I don't think it was Sable, but some of the other ones, some of the older ones that retired. Well, San Antonio had Axe and Smash. Nice. <laughs> Demolition was there. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, I had a really weird experience where I was at San Diego 2012, and uh, there was a Marvel party for like the creators, and I was going to talk to Ryan Panagos, who I've known for a long time, Agent uh, M guy, and I was going to talk to him, and I, I was like, oh, sorry, I realized I interrupted a conversation with him and somebody else, and I, I turned to talk to him, I was like, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, and I look, and it was CM Punk, and I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I looked, it was the kind of the same thing as the Chuck Woolery thing where I was like, oh, is this real? Like, what the hell is this guy here? And I was like, I don't know if I should I call you Phil or Punk or whatever, whatever you want to say. And he was like, oh, whatever. And I was just like, and he was totally cool. Super into comics, really knew you shit. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty red. It was pretty, pretty cool. Same year I also met um, Bruce Clay. Yeah. I met him and he was awesome. He was so cool. He was like super into comics. I was like, hey, just take glory. Like, here. It's <laughs> The funk story. Huh? But yeah, but my point is, is that there's all this crossover, it seems, between the comic, like wrestlers who like comics and comic people who like wrestling. I don't know. I guess it is like this ongoing, never ending soap opera thing that, especially similar to superhero comics, that I don't know. I guess that's my theory. Well, we appreciate you coming on today, Joe. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I know we kind of got off on some tangents talking. Thanks for about coming this. to Wrestling Talk. On, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw another comic question. Oh, you got one more question? I'll throw a good question at you, real quick. Of all your characters you've done over the years, all your lifetime so far, who are you most relate with? Kate Christopher from Shudder. You see ninjas and dragons and what the hell? You know, it's, it's funny. <laughs> Chuck Woolery. Like, <laughs> Chuck Woolery. <laughs> He's in number eight. Uh, <laughs> Eat this damn spinach. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because, you know, people are like, oh, like, you know, friends of mine will, will read Shudder. And I'll mention it's the most brutally personal thing I've ever done. And they'll be like, all right, you're, everything okay with your parents and stuff? And it's funny because, like, my parents are all, like, awesome and we get along really well. So it's not like a one-to-one correlation, but how do I put this? Like, uh, oh, without getting too much of my own personal stuff, like a lot of um, figuring out who you are despite what, you know, you're, you're brought up to believe or whatever. Da, 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 da. You know, even though I'm very lucky and that I've had a great family and, you know, everything, a lot of that kind of stuff where the world that you're kind of brought up to believe is and whatever. Da, da, da. And it just there's a lot of stuff that I've been through in my own life that it really goes into to shutter even though it's not a one-to-one correlation you know i, I was thinking about a thing that and i cited a lot but that tarantino said in one of his first interviews with charlie rose the stuff you you write in a way should almost be like your home movies that when certain friends see it 
you know, they'll be like, oh man, I can't believe you're writing about that or whatever. Da, 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 da. But you're putting so much of yourself into it, even though like on the, it, again, you know, Kate's family life is not great, whereas mine is, is. And, you know, I don't, I've never fought a ghost ninja, you know, that I'm aware of. But yeah, the, definitely in Shudder, it's the most brutally personal book I've ever, I've ever been part of. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've had that in everything I do. You always have to put some of yourself in, into it. What your work is, otherwise it's just boring, it's soulless work. But uh, with Shudder, really, I mean, everything I've, I've been doing since. And I mean, like, even Tech Check, even though I don't own it or whatever, there's a lot of me in that. But I guess, I mean, I don't know. It goes for any work that's it's worth a damn, uh, I guess. Definitely Kate Christopher, for sure. Cool. Very cool. You let us know. You give us a tweet. Heads up if you decide to take Shudder the ways of Drumheller. So we know we, know we need what to get something mean? before we start reading. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? I don't know. Oh, no, Drumheller is another book that's like. Yeah, Riley Rossmo's book, right? Yeah, we had Alex Link on the show oh, man. Uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> he was talking about all the crazy stuff that he puts into that book. And I mean, it, well, that's, that's what, again, I, I, I know I, I'm really pushing this propaganda pretty hard, but it's really where my head's at these days that, you know, image allows you to do that. I really liked the first five issues of Sex Criminals, but I loved six and seven. Mm-hmm. Because you could tell, like, from the get-go, it was a personal book for Matt and Chip. Even though it's like, you know, it's super funny and everything. But when you get to six and seven, well, I don't want to say exactly why, but it just, it's so everything's on the table, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's the stuff that appeals to me both as a reader and, 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 and a writer these days is just like putting it all on the table. Or, you know, I mentioned Wrenchie's, Farrell's book, and I'm going to mention it again just because, like, it's this extremely fantastical story. You know, I was lucky enough, I live in Portland, Oregon, and I know Farrell, so I was able to, like, sit him down afterwards and be like, all right, I got to talk about your book. Like, I, we gotta, I'm going to interview you for nothing, <laughs> you know? Cause I, uh, and, and it was interesting to hear his perspective on, on uh, a lot of the themes in, 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 in there. But, you know, so I guess my, my point is, you know, you mentioned with Drumheller that Alex, Link, and, and Riley are putting a lot of their, their own stuff in there. And even though the end result's very different, than Shutter, than you know, I don't know, Manhattan Projects or whatever else is out there. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's the stuff I love to read. Where I really feel like there's a connection. Like I think the worst comics that come out are the ones that are like it's X meets Y on drugs or whatever. You know? <laughs> like that's not a comic. That's not a story. That's a stupid idea. It's a pitch. Yeah, that's nothing. It's, it's soulless. You know. So anyway, whatever. I can go on a huge tangent about it. If you thought that tangent about wrestling was bad, <laughs> get me going on whatever this subject. Well, what I wanted to say is your books are amazing. And you do a great job. And we really that, That's awesome. Well, and like, we do have the connection to it, and we do enjoy it. And, you know, just keep writing. We'll keep buying and keep reading. That's good to hear. Yeah, for sure. That's all. I, that's my plan. That's all I got going. Like, I <laughs> keep working on these things. And then, you know, hopefully people like you exist yeah and if you have other projects that are coming up in the future and you're ready to start talking about them, you want to come back on the show and promote we'd love to have you yeah i think early next year you know the the announcement of stuff is kind of out of my hands right but early next year i should be able to talk about some stuff some more okay that's cool we'll definitely help promote you as much as we can obviously you don't need us but we'll do what you know we'll oh whatever everything helps out there everything helps and i really appreciate you guys being so enthusiastic about it we appreciate you coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. If you guys have any questions or anything, let me know. And again, I'm sorry for the many tangents. <laughs> no, no. No problem at all. It's what the show always does. He deals with me constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. We appreciate right. it. Have a good one, guys. You too. All right. Bye.
Well, you always got to bring a wrestling man. <laughs> hey, man. Wrestling is life. Joe was all into it, man. He's hardcore like I am. Half of our listeners have to be wrestling people. I'm putting that out there. I'm curious. Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're a wrestling fan and you listen to the show, please tweet at me and let me know. Because I'd, I'd like to see how many of our listeners actually want to hear more wrestling conversation. Yeah, I want, I want a poll. Because I, I, can, I can talk some wrestling. I can't. I, I can bring some old wrestling. <laughs> we'll go back old school. We'll bring it back for you Houston people when Paul Bosch was around. How many of you want to see Lord Horsecles get in the ring? <laughs> Against who? I, does it matter? The mailman? <laughs> yeah, the mailman. <laughs> I just had a great idea for a video. That's terrible. <laughs> I think I can get a postal worker outfit. <laughs> but yeah, but you're too big. It has to be somebody smaller. Why? Because the mailman is a shrimp. He's kind of fat. Yeah, but he's small. Did you not see the disparities, the size of me, the girth of Lord, the power, the majesticness of Lord Horsticles? That's all camera angles, man. Camera angles. <laughs> I'm majestic. Sure. Like my father. Uh-huh. You want to find out some more about your father in the coming weeks? <laughs> the stallion. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't been reading the Horse Minions comic from Chris Ryder, you should definitely be checking that out. Uh, we put out a new one every single week with the show. And you can find them all on our website at comicalpodcast.com. Yeah, it's a little mature sometimes, so make sure, you know. Parents, before you let your kiddos read it, you read it first. <laughs> why are you giving me that look? <laughs> I don't know why that's relevant, but okay, sure. <laughs> the wor- really, Lord Horse, some excuse me, Horse Sleezes <laughs> home. <laughs> There's no kids listening to this show. How do you know? And if there are, I don't care. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you heard it here first. Come on, go podcast one does not care. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Take this job, ain't children. <laughs> I just want to remind everybody, if you enjoy the show, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Comical Podcast. On Twitter, I'm at Comical Podcast. Miguel's at Comical Podcast 2. Heather is at Comical Podcast 3. Yeah, what'd you do to her? Her mom's still in town, so they're still spending time together. So oh, that's she'll be, the excuse. She'll be back soon. Cops better not be coming in this door. <laughs> follow us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Comical Podcast. If you like the show, please go on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. We're trying to get those numbers up. Remind everybody, you can go to tweakedaudio.com and use promo code COMICAL to get a third off your order, plus free shipping anywhere worldwide. Thanks again to uh, Joe Keene for coming on the show. We really appreciate that. And lastly, next week, we're going to have Joshua Hill Fialkov on for our Halloween episode. I'm really excited for that. Oh, that's going to be great. So make sure you tune in. Hey, man, what happened to that special stuff, man? That special thing everybody wants to hear. Horse rants. It's a new segment. It'll be back sometime in November. <laughs> I just wonder, man. I feel like Lord Horsicles is getting a shaft, and he doesn't like it. Hmm. <laughs> That's debatable. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so thanks again for listening, guys, and don't forget, keep on laughing, bitches.